Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with Buddy. We drop a new podcast every Friday morning with a new story that will impact someone. We hope that someone is you. As always, I always wanted to say thank you to everyone who listens each week. We appreciate you hearing the stories of our guests. So please, really, just take a moment to subscribe to our podcast, give us a review, and share this podcast with your friends, family, and on your favorite social media platforms. We want to get these messages out to the people and to impact the world one testimony at a time. This morning, I'm super excited, super grateful to introduce to you my my guest and fairly new friend. His name is Jack McLennan. Jack, welcome. Well, thank you, buddy. It's, it's just super great to be here. Well, hey, it's it's a privilege and a pleasure to have you here. I've been actually wanting to have you on for a while, and you know, God's timing is always perfect, and so at the right time, we had a conversation, and here we are. So, well, let me do this. Let me do a quick introduction of you so people have a little context of who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, I think you and I met probably, what, a year ago, a year and a half ago? Uh, close to a year ago. Close to a year uh-huh. ago. Yeah. I think we were just in a, in a Bible study together. We were. We were so, here at the Valor Mentoring, here yeah, at the Rec. at the Rec here, yeah. Valor Mentoring. So, uh-huh. Well, a little bit about you, Jack. So you've been married to Sharon, the love of your life. Uh, did we want to talk about how long, or did we want to leave that? Might as well, because it's fa- it's a fact. <laughs> okay. How many years? Uh, a lot of years. How's that for an answer? Um, love it. To be exact, uh, uh, we're in our 59th. Actually, yeah, yeah we're in our – no, it'll be our 60th because we are already been married 59 years. Yeah. So, wow, another year went by really – it's going by really fast. But, yes, 59 years right 59 now. 59 years, almost 60. Yes, sir. That's really unheard of. I'm very blessed. Yeah. Believe me. Yes, you are. <laughs> Beyond. You have two children uh, dedicated to the Lord that you you guys love, and they have fifteen. You have fifteen grandchildren, um, with m- many more to follow. Is that right? Uh, that's correct. That's very right. That's very accurate. Yes, okay. we're we're believing for that. <laughs> okay, sounds like a plan. You graduated from uh, Oregon State University. Go Beavs. Yes, Go uh, with an undergraduate degree in education, minor in military science and music. Mm-hmm. Then Western Oregon University. I guess it would probably be OCE back in the day. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Uh, that was a master's degree and then a postgraduate degree in uh, supervision and administration. Is that right? That's correct. Uh-huh. Okay. You've been a business owner for 40 years. Mm-hmm. I want to hear about that. Mm-hmm. And then over 40 years in mentoring men in lang- – uh, over 40 years mentoring men in leadership, marriage, and business techniques. Uh, that's correct. Both my wife and I have traveled extensively as motivational speakers, and you're an instructional. You've been an instructor in a college, mm-hmm. and then you've also. We're going to talk about valor mentoring, what that means to you. Absolutely. Well, cool, Jack. I know we have a lot to talk about. I know quite a bit about you. I've gotten to hang out with you a lot. You've mentored me. By the way, I appreciate that. It means a lot. You brought what I have in front of me right now. You can't see this, but. Jack brought his library. He's got his Bible he's <laughs> out. He's got probably uh, 10 books. Oh, and he's got uh, one of his, his favorite Bible verse or Bible passages, Psalm 91. Mm. So we're going to dive in deep. It's going to be a really good good time. Let's just start out, Jack. Who is Jack? Where were you born? Um, I want to know the early years of Jack and kind of where you are today. It's going to be a, an awesome journey. So fire away. Well, uh, buddy, first of all, I, I want to thank you for the honor uh, and the privilege to be able to sit across from someone like you. And I haven't got to know you a, a little bit better each day as we get together and we study our books and we talk and, and just share, not trying to elevate ourselves in any way mm. whatsoever. Nope. If we do that, it's all to the glory of God and what he's done for us Amen. because he's the reason for everything that happens in our life that is good. And uh, I, 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 my wife the other day uh, asked me, said, Jack, you know, these, these uh, years that we've had uh, re- that, that are left for us, what is the one thing that you really want to accomplish? And uh, I thought about that. I said, wow, that is a great question. And uh, I said, um, hmm, I'm pretty sure this is what I would say, but I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And I said, I want to develop the attitude of gratitude. We have been so beyond blessed, and I'm sure more than we would ever deserve, ever. 
our God's a good God. Hmm. He's not just our creator. He's not just our, our heavenly father. He is good all the time. He is the definition of beyond good. He, I, I don't know of any words that would adequately and respectfully and correctly describe who God is. I just know he's good, but I also know he's my father. Yeah. And because when I, of him being my father, I begin to appreciate my own biological father um, due to father fractures, which we're not going to talk about right now. But um, but once I got to know him, uh, it, it changed my entire life. But yeah, I I started uh, I started life at an early age, and <laughs> as, as everybody does, I think that was supposed to be funny. Buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you I'm can chuckle back. Yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate it, man. It's, Quite encouraging, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I was uh, born in a in a little place down in uh, Southern California called LA, Los Angeles. Yeah, uh, better yet, a Burbank, California, and didn't stay there very long. Uh, there's a war that started, and uh, the war took my dad different places. He was on deployments. Uh, think of the, think about this. Uh, my dad and my mother. Uh, were born in Saskatchewan, Canada, and that's because my grandfather, grandmother came from the Isle of Lewis and the Isle of Skye of Scotland and settled over here and, and then eventually moved to uh, Saskatchewan where they had a, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, a land grant, 640 acres, so they went into farming, and my dad was born and raised right in a farmhouse there in Saskatchewan, but uh, moved down to California because his mom and dad did, and uh, started in business. So my dad and mom went down there, and then I came along, and then uh, a war came along, and then all of a sudden uh, I, I didn't see my dad very much anymore. And so his instructions to me, and I, I think that I'm five years old, and he said, okay, you know, you're the man of the house because I'm out of here for a little while. I'll be back, but you're the man of the house, so you, your responsibility is to make sure your mom's always okay and you, and you take care of your two sisters who are three and four years younger. Well, that's how I started. And so uh, I guess it's called, that, what is that word, responsibility or yeah, something yeah, like a, that? It's and, a foreign uh, word, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and from then, it, it just dad never let up, which I'm so thankfully – he didn't, and uh, so I, a lot of who I am and what I am is a result of my dad. They, they say that uh, uh, a person gets their identity from their father. I'm fortunate to be uh, one of those people that understands that. My identity is from my father. My head. Now, my dad was a very strict man. If he has, if he wasn't as strict as he was, I, I would have been. Uh, I would have possibly gone to hell earlier. You know, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I wasn't writing on much of anything, and. And uh, but I did have good instruction from my parents, so um, yeah, grew up uh, in a loving family, a great family. I can't say that we were uh, a religious family. Went went to church on Sundays, and uh, we, we, my sister and I, rode the Sunday school bus, you know. And our parents at least sent us to church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they brought us back. Of course, I stayed in the bus. I didn't want to go inside. I've talked another guy into st- staying in the bus. We'd play around. But anyway, that's how I grew up. Uh, in my my faith. And uh, but it wasn't until I, I got into college, and uh, uh, the reason that uh, I was majoring in education is I wanted to be a coach, and uh, uh, that that I had so many great coaches in my life, and they were fortunately uh, good examples. They were every one of my uh, were happily married. They had great wives. They had great kids. Uh, they just—I uh, never hardly ever used the, heard them use the Lord's name in vain. Mm. Uh, where I was raised, I was—I was raised, by the way, down in Roseburg, Winston. That's Douglas County, yeah. timber capital of the world. And uh, where the jobs were was in the woods, setting chokers or bucking timber or topping timber or working a sawmill or a plywood plant. And uh, it's where the most money was. As a matter of fact, uh, when I graduated from high school. Uh, I went to work for Roseburg Lumber. Uh, probably there's a few out there that have heard of Roseburg Lumber. And uh, anyway, um, I, my summer, the one summer that I had, the reason I got a job is because one of my good friends on the basketball team, his dad was the super, uh, superintendent mm-hmm. of Plywood Plant 2. And uh, it's a large, large opera, uh, logging operation. I do mean large. Uh, and that's kind of where most all the employment was within the little town of Winston, that, which is a, a logging community. <clears throat> but uh, I made enough money, believe it or not, that one summer 
Uh, I mean, I, I mean, the wages obviously were you know extremely high. I think I made. Uh, I, I worked the night shift, so I got an extra nickel. So I think <laughs> I two oh five an hour. Mm. Yeah, oh yeah, it was great. I mean, I was man, I was rolling in you it. Were rolling. Yes, you know what I'm saying? And uh, of course, I, I never spent it on anything except take it to the bank. It's called a habit of saving, which was uh, a, a principle that changed my life later on. That I really learned about what that means. Hmm. And uh, so I made enough to pave my way for my first year down at Southern Oregon College. And uh, all except for the last tuition, I, I paid for my room and board, books, fees, uh, tuition, and all that. But I was short one tuition. And so I, I didn't want to do it. Uh, but uh, I, I asked my dad, I said, Dad, I, I, I'll pay you back. Uh, but I, I need I need $62 for the tuition. I mean, the tuition in those days were very, you know, you had to have a lot of money. Sure. You, can you imagine 62 bucks for a term? Uh, at, at a as a certified college, yeah. my gracious, what do they expect these days? But exactly. But anyway, uh, he did that, and so I've completed my first year, and then he got a wonderful opportunity to move to Corvallis, Oregon, to, and took on uh, the management of a brand new lumber company, mm. and right from the ground up. So my, he says, Jack, why don't you why don't you come up here and, and uh, you can uh, live with us, and you won't have to worry about room and board. I said, No, uh, no, no, I'm, I'll, I will pay you for whatever you ask. He says, Well. Let us do that part so we don't have to pay your tuition again. <laughs> okay. Okay. I said that makes pretty good sense, yeah, Dad. Yeah. You, you got you got good common sense there. So anyway, that's uh, we built it from the very ground up, literally from the ground up. And uh, Dad made me a truck driver, so I was a truck driver. Of course, I was on the bottom uh, of the of the employees list. And uh, if somebody needed to be laid off, I was always number one yeah. because the other guys had wives and families and sure. things like that. And I'm just a you know a college guy. So uh, and that happened. I, so I went to work for a lumber company. Uh, pull on the green chain. Nobody, you haven't lived till you pull on a green chain, man. Uh, I mean that will make you an old person very quickly. I realized that, so I said <laughs> I better go back to college here, and did all the other stuff you do. Girling's your lift truck driver. The uh, I, I worked the big boom with the big you know mechanic. I mean we're talking th these were trees just cut into one big board, and uh, did all that kind of stuff. So I made enough money to pay for the rest of my year. And eventually graduated with no college debt. But during that time, I, when I went to Oregon State, uh, because it was a land-grant college, as was the University of Oregon, it meant that if you go to a land-grant college, you will take ROTC, Reserve Officers Training Corps. And uh, because they gave money, the military gave money to the school, so yeah, yeah. The, every, every student— Unless he was what they call 4F, not, not able to physically be able to to do military things, um, that you would take the first two years of of college, a mandatory ROTC classes, the drill and all the stuff there, and and so I did that. But I found a niche, and I went home to my dad. I said, "Hey, dad," I said, I, "I'm really enjoying this ROTC stuff almost more than all the other classes I'm taking," and uh, I said, uh, "What do you think?" Uh, I can do two more years, they told me, and it's called advanced ROTC, and, and and if you do that, you'll get a commission when you graduate. So I know I'm going to go in the military. I know the draft was still going, but we didn't have a, need a draft. I was going to serve no matter what. Mm -hmm. I say I went to my country because, Dad, you did it in World War II, and therefore I, I want to do it. Not that I'm going to try to get out of it. I didn't go to college to get a deferment. I got, went to college to get a degree. Yeah. But uh, anyway, um, so, uh, and Dad said, well, here's the thing, Jack. This is this is wisdom personified. He said, officers get to ride and the enlisted have to walk. No kidding, I said. Really? <laughs> That's reason enough. I'm going to do it. So, no, I'm just, I'm just, that's, that, good, that's yeah. part of the reason. But good wisdom. good wisdom. And my dad was enlisted and all that. You know, they drafted my dad. Get this. My parents went down to, to, to live in San Fernando Valley, LA, and, uh, um, the, the 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 America drafted my father, my dad. He was uh, an alien. I mean, he was he wasn't even an American citizen. That's right. Canadian. He uh, he was married. He had three children, and he had polio when he was eight. He had to learn how to walk all over again. This this is my dad, and they still drafted him. But I never heard my dad complain one time, not even once, not even once. He never complained about it. In fact, he was so proud to put that uniform on that he was a United States soldier. Mm. And I, I'll never forget that. And uh, he'd come home in uniform, you know, and, and uh, for a day or two, you know, on leave and then go back, you know, and stuff like that. So 
Anyway, uh, so I did, and I uh, applied and was fortunately, very fortunately, accepted. And I went through the training, went to basic training uh, out of my junior year. I've been out rowing for Oregon State. Uh, I don't know if you know much about rowing, the crew. A little bit, yeah. I love the sport. Yeah. It's in the Olympics, but it's probably one of the most conditional sports you could ever imagine being in. We we start our practicing in the fall term, practice winter term, and then we compete in the in the spring. And we were in the Pac-8, which was uh, – you know, UCLA and, and uh, Cal and all those colleges um, that we competed against, uh, University of Washington, Stanford, all those. Anyway, uh, I had the privilege of being coached by one of the greatest coaches in the, uh, Oregon State history who's in the Hall of Fame now, and uh, Coach Durdeker. And I, 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 I owe him so much because he was very patient with me because I came to him. I said, I, I want to learn how to be I – I, I want to make an Oregon State letter, you know, uh, I'm a little bit too big for for the football team. You know what I'm saying? You know, you trip. No, I, I, I was joking. not big enough yeah, yeah. and not tall enough and not fast enough. You know, all the above. So yeah. you take yourself out before you even give it a shot, sure. right? But anyway, but I said, I, don't, I know nothing about crew, but I would like to take it. I could take it in a PE class, but I don't want to do that. I want to take it as a possibility of maybe making the team. And he said, uh, well, with that, he says, uh, I like your attitude. So, uh, yeah, I'll work with you, but uh, you will do what I tell you, or you won't be on the team very long. I said, well, it works good for me. I kind of, you kind of sound like my dad. <laughs> <You know? laughs> this is easy, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, this was really easy. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, um, he was patient with me, so patient with me. And uh, the time came that, that he said, uh, uh, we got UCLA next on our schedule. We're going to be uh, traveling down to UCLA, and we're going to be competing with them. And uh, um, you're going to be on varsity. And I thought. Are you kidding me? He says, I, I didn't say that, of course. I, I, I stood there in shock. I must have looked like I was shocked, and I was. But I made the team, and uh, uh, we went down there and competed. We didn't beat them. I wanted to. You know why I wanted to beat them? Because when you in crew, if you win against any school, staff or any of them, the, the crew team has to give you their jersey, their shirt. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty cool because, you know, you keep your jersey, so I didn't have to go buy another one. Yeah. You know, but but anyway, you get anyway, I got I got a bunch of those and I I, I cherish them very, very much. They're kind of getting faded, but I st I still it's enjoy been a couple it. Days, yeah. yeah, but anyway, I was fortunate and I got letters, uh made the junior varsity and varsity both and but anyway, I, I anyway I was in such good condition. I've never been in this kind of condition in my life, mm. because you run three quarter mile. We run in the cornfields. That was our track, and then we come and work out in the top of a hayloft of a barn, and we did the weight with lifting. We did all the conditioning, and then we go down. and We'd row for uh, five miles down on the Willamette uh, River, there out of Corvallis, and five miles back. And the five miles back was always against current. Oh wow! And then I've, you got seven other guys in there. That are some of the strongest men you'll ever be around in your life. Then you got a, a guy that's not quite as big, big. He's called a coxswain, but he's the boss. He sets the rhythm, and we do whatever he tells us to do. And we are eight guys. And if you don't learn harmony, if you don't know what getting together together is, you won't make the team. Because what happens is called catching a crab. And if you and if you don't get that oar, it's a twelve foot oar with a big handle. So all I can do to hang on to the thing, mm -hmm. and uh, if you if you don't come back and chop into the water appropriately, that that oar will come back and will catch you right about the chest level, and it will. I don't care if you're 300 pounds, it'll lift you right out of the boat and throw you wherever it wants to throw you, because you got seven other strong strong men pulling with every ounce of strength they've got, all in harmony. Mm -hmm. It's all together. It's incredible. So you and I, that never leaves your mind. By yeah. the way, fortunately, I, I, that never happened to oh, thank me. Thank God. But uh, anyway, I learned about being in harmony. I learned how to be a team player. I learned that there's no single stars out here. We are eight, nine, including the coxswain. We are a team member, all for one, one for all. Hmm. And that kind of set the pace for the rest of my life, to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. And so I went to basic training in Georgia, Fort Gordon, Georgia. Uh, in those days, you know, I, I'd never flown in an airplane except once. A friend of mine had a license. He says, you want to go flying with me? I said, yeah, I've never been up in an airplane. He's brand new, you know. So he comes down with a uh, plane to Corvallis, and I jump in with a brand new, uh, I think the ink was still wet, you know, pilot. And uh, he took me flying. 
And then he said, would you like to take the controls? I said, absolutely. <laughs> you know, so, so of course you would. I'm sitting there just enjoying the, the trip. I didn't know one day I'd be, I'd be as high as that, and I'd jump out with a parachute and go 129 miles an hour. It's called free fall. And, that, and that, that'll really get the adrenaline flowing. I, I promise you. You yeah. won't come down for hours afterwards. But anyway, um, so I got the controls, and I'm flying away. I said, can you believe this? My first trip in an airplane, and I'm flying it. And then all of a sudden, we went into clouds, and he— I felt the panic, okay, <laughs> and he grabbed the throttles, and we got out of the soup. And fortunately, he landed. We got we arrived safe. Oh, so, God. but that's a trip that I will never forget. And uh, but anyway, uh, went to basic training. Uh, uh, get this. Um, there, there were the the, the top. There were the. Uh, uh, all from all over the United States, almost every state was represented that had ROTC or uh, people that wanted to uh, get training and become an officer. And uh, and the goal was to get every guy to quit, get every single guy to quit. I had an airborne ranger captain as my platoon uh, leader. Get that. Don't worry, that's the second lieutenant's job. Yeah. But I had an airborne ranger. This guy was spitting polish. He carried a swagger stick with him. I had an E6 staff sergeant as the platoon sergeant. And uh, that uh, both were our new mothers. And uh, so we had to learn how to do what mother said, you yeah, know, because yeah. uh, there was always a consequence with these guys. Mm -hmm. And the consequence was something that could be avoided, okay? <laughs> you know, not that you wouldn't learn from it. You know, I've got a few consequences. Yeah. And uh, I've done a pile of learning from that, you know. Uh, but anyway, that's the only place you learn. You don't learn from success. Let's face it. We enjoy it. You know, and then we get a compliment. We don't let it lodge in our minds. It goes one in one ear and out the ear the other immediately. We don't sit around reading our, our news clips. I mean, clippings. why would we do that? Because we might think we're something that we're really not and we haven't earned it. So if you earn it, that's a little different yeah. story. But Feeding our egos can be a bad thing. Well, you know, yeah, ego out of control. And uh, uh, I, I, I got to get off of this because I'm spending too much time on it. But anyway, uh, no. so I went through uh, basic training and pass, and uh, I got to find, uh, get to finish in a, in a level that I, uh, please, I'm not, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not here to tell you how great I am. Not, zero, okay? That's a zero. Um, but I I'm think here you're to, great, Jack, so that's well, just coming from me. <laughs> if you think I'm great, I'm, I'm going to be okay. Yeah, that's right. But um, you have to qualify in a, in a pretty high percentage not only in your college, but in, in, in the whole country. And I was fortunate. I was very, very fortunate. It humbled me, to be honest with you. Totally humbled me. And uh, so that, that set the kind of the pace for kind of where I was headed. And so I uh, graduated. Oh, by the way, one of the most important things in my whole life happened. I met uh, this, this wonderful young lady. Uh, I didn't know she was going to be my future uh, BGW. And uh, you're probably wondering what BGW is. Yeah, for. Actually, BGW. that's my my wife's. This is my wife's. My she was helping my son. You know, let's let's hurry. Let's get married and let's have some kids here. You know, let's yeah, yeah. let's get this thing moving. And uh, and and she said, Michael, what you need? That's my son's name. I have two children, Michael and Sarah. I, I, she said, Michael, you need a BGW. And he says, a what? She said, a BGW. He says, what in the world is a BGW, Mom? I thought I'm just looking for a, the right gal. Yeah, yeah. And she says, well, let me tell you what a BGW is, Michael. And she said, a beautiful, so she attracts you. Yep. Godly, so you can live with her, and a woman. Yep. Beautiful, godly, godly woman. Because that's what I'm praying for you, Michael. And you know what? That's exactly, exactly what he has. My son was meant to have authority as a husband. Yeah. He he just uh, he likes being a dad. He likes being a you know. I was telling my asking my granddaughter one time. She's getting married here this September, and and I said, you know, Madeline. I said, I sure like your dad. I don't really love your dad. I really like him. Uh -huh. And she looked at me and she said, Papa. She calls me Papa. Yeah. She says, Papa, what's there not to like about my dad? Bingo. Right answer, Madeline. Right answer. Hmm. Wow. So anyway, you know, you learn from your kids all the oh, time. But uh, so anyway, I um, went through that, graduated. I met uh, this uh, wonderful young lady. Uh, I was minoring in music and, you know, music theory and all that stuff. Yeah. And I love music. I was fortunate to be part of a group of four other guys. Uh, <clears throat> we had a, a group. Uh, we were singing folk music and bluegrass and and uh, these are some of the most talented musicians I'd ever been around in my life. And um, 
uh, we were we were singing all over campus. We were singing all over the place, and and had the potential of. Uh, we did cut one record, and and uh, but anyway, three of us out of the five had commissions, and so uh, we all went off to war eventually, and and uh, survived. Every one of us came back alive, thank God, and uh, uh, different, very different. Uh, for the rest of our lives, and I, I really like the difference that it made. By the way, yeah. So anyway, um, um, I met this this young lady, and I've been in class for with her for two years. And the, the director of the school of music uh, led the class, and um, I was standing right. I was in the perfect place because just before that, get this. I got to share this. Get this. This is so. This is so miraculous. It, you got to when a miracle happens, you got to share the miracle. That's right. You really do because we serve a big God. I didn't know back then, but I do today. We serve a great big God, and uh, so I said I was down on my knees. Get this. Now I didn't even I didn't even know God. I mean I I, I knew about God, but I didn't know God. Mm-hmm. I mean I, I believed there was a God, but I didn't know I I I could I could. All the mess ups that I've done, that I could get forgiven, and I could wash the, the you know, the slate clean and mm. start over again with His love, His mercy, His forgiveness, and and uh, you know, I, I discovered that later. But anyway, I was down in my the basement. I, my dad fixed me a little room. I gave up my room to my parents so they could rent it out to a couple of college guys and make mm-hmm. a little bit of money with it. So I went down in the basement. I had about I don't know about ten by ten maybe. I had a I had a best desk in there to study. I had a single bed, and then I had a chest of drawers, and I had a piece of plywood with a hook on it, and that was my door, and that's where I studied. And or if I wasn't going to the library, anyway, that's where I finished my well for about four years of school. I did have to go to I joined a fraternity, which I'm not going to talk about, and I had to go through all the stuff there. Yeah, but, yeah, it was interesting. That's but a different story. Would not probably do that again. I'm I'm pretty sure. But but anyway, um, I I got on my knees and I said, God. I love my family, and I love coming home to my family. I love coming home. And I, you know, I didn't love my parents only. I liked my parents. I mean, I didn't make them competition. Uh, mm-hmm. they, 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 most of the time, they it's kind of like put up with you. Yeah. You know, and uh, they did exactly that. So they deserve much more than my crankiness or my, my change of attitudes all the time. You know, uh, but anyway, I got down on my knees, and I said, God, wherever you are, God, I'm getting ready to, to to go into the military. I don't know where I'm going to go. I'm not. I don't really know what I'm going to do. Uh, but I, when I come home, I want to come home to a family. I want them to meet me at the door. I want to come home to a family. And uh, I was pretty heavy serious about that. Hmm. And I said, outside of that, I'll just go wherever you tell me to go. You know, and I didn't know him yet. I was just you know telling God what to do. And I guess I I, I don't know what I was doing. I just but I did know this. I asked him for a wife, and I said. Uh, I don't know who that's going to be. I've dated some pretty swell gals, and uh, uh, but there's this one. Her name is Sharon, and uh, the one God that when we were standing together, getting ready to sing, uh, after uh, we sung to get, uh, we sang as a choir. She turned around, and I happened to be standing there. She says, uh, "Hi, my name is Sharon. What's yours?" I said, "My name is Jack." Her next question was, "Do you have a car?" <laughs> and I said, yes, ma'am, I do. Yes, I'm fortunate. Ma'am. I have a car. Do I have a car? Do I have a car? I would have made up a car if I hadn't. And uh, anyway, she said, I said, what do you need, a ride home? Uh, we live in Oregon. Remember that? And uh, she said, yes, I live on Harrison Street. I said, how convenient. I live at the other end of Harrison Street. I go right by your apartment all the time, every mm-hmm. day. And uh, I said, I'd be more than happy. She never had to ask again. Okay. And uh, for one year, for well, nine months, I tried to get her to date me. She wouldn't do it. She wouldn't even go out for a Coke. And then I said, well, I want to move to lunch. She'll surely go out for me with lunch. No, she'd turn me down. She'd say no. But you know what? We would sit. When i take her home, we would sit there for 15, 20 minutes, and we'd just talk. Hmm. And I thought, I've never met anything. <laughs> I've never met anyone like you. You know, I, I get emotional about that because yeah. I could have missed it, man. Yeah. But thank God I didn't. And uh, so thank God you long didn't. story short, uh, I asked her to marry me, and she did, and here we are 59 years later. I'm more in love today than I've ever. Uh, she looks more beautiful to me than she's ever looked. Mm. Uh, she's the most intelligent woman I've ever met in my life. Uh, she's the strongest woman outside of my mom was pretty mo- strong, and her mom was pretty strong. Yeah. And uh, But uh, it's because of her I became a Christian, a believer in Christ. Mm. And uh, so I have a lot to, to thank my wife for, and uh, I realized that uh, my beautiful godly wife deserved a husband that could do, here's a few things that I recommend that people might think about when it comes to marriage. Uh, and, and if you got God in your life, you're surely going to be successful mm. if you cooperate. Yeah. So, But anyway, it's like um, 
Make sure she knows she's on the A team. There is nobody more beautiful, more intelligent, more gracious, more talented, more perfect than her. Secondly, that you will provide for her. You will take care of her financially. You make it. You make sure she doesn't ever has to worry about money. Mm. Then you take care of her and provide for her, and give her whatever you can, and make sure it's always the best. Don't go into debt. Debt's not good. We'll talk about that another day. Yeah. And then the and then the third is you will protect her with your life. She knows. She must know. She is valuable. That she is more than precious. Then I find this wonderful scripture. I got my Bible open yeah. here to Proverbs. I love the book of Proverbs. I, when I read the book of Proverbs, I want to suck the ink right out of the words, right into my conscious, yeah. my subconscious. You know, because those, those words are they're, they're living. They're not just printed words. They're living words, mm-hmm. and they're living. So when I when I read the Word of God, I'm li- I'm reading living words that are that are truth. And the truth, nothing but the truth, so help you God, will set you free. Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, um, uh, I'm trying to remember, where, where was I? Um, you were going to quote a verse out of Proverbs. Yeah, I did. And, here, and here's the verse. The man who finds a wife, and we know that we can, we can, you can find somebody. Man, I had lots of girlfriends, and so did you, I'm sure. Yeah. And uh, as good looking a guy as you are, my no. gracious. <laughs> Here you are later. Not only are you handsome, but you're incredibly intelligent. I'm, just, I, I'm not flattering you. I don't do flatter. I'm telling you the truth. You are. Well, thanks, Jack. Okay? I appreciate that. No, that, no. <laughs> chew on that for a while. All right, I'll okay. chew on that one. Don't let it lodge too long. Though. Yeah, no, okay. no. I'll okay. let that one go in, out the All other. Right. All right. But, but anyways, it says, is the man who finds a wife, and obviously we're talking about the wife that God finds. Mm. The man who finds a wife, get this, get this, he finds a treasure and has favor of God. I love the favor of God part immensely. But the treasure part, I thought about that. And I thought, what is a treasure? A treasure is something you value that you would protect with your very life. And I have found out that my wife is God's greatest treasure. Hmm. In fact, it's the greatest treasure I will ever get in life next to Jesus Christ, yeah. who is my dear Lord and Savior. And I found him at 23, and I'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. Yeah. But anyway, there you go. Um, uh, I, I, just, I just love the book of Proverbs because it, it tells me how to live. And the good news about that, in how to live, you are going to be successful. There's a scripture that Proverbs says, I, and this is, this is present-day confession, third-person confession. I have common sense and success. They belong to me. Why? Because God said so. Hmm. Not to be used for my glory, for my benefit, yes, but for the glory of our living God. Hmm. Oh my goodness! Wow. And 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 he and he keeps. He says, "I, you follow me, it's going to be a great ride. Hmm. But you're going to be blessed every day. You're going to be challenged." And when you're challenged, when some catastrophic event had happens, we just had this happen just a couple of months ago in our family. But out of every every adversity, there will come an equal or greater opportunity. It's just whether or not we take the time to discover what the opportunity is. And here's the deal. Your name is all over that opportunity, and you're the only name on that opportunity. Hmm. It's got your name. But we have the responsibility and the accountability to find out what that is. So anyway, there you go. Yeah. So um, got married and uh, uh, several years ago, and and uh, several grandchildren ago. Um, uh, we're we're four generations now, and I, uh, I'd like to to see five, fifth generation come, you know, and all that. But uh, that's well, it's not just up to God. It's up to how we think and how we live and what we confess and and uh, what we do, you know, mm-hmm. type of thing. It, it, there's there's always contingencies. And well, we know that God can do all things. This is interesting. God can do all things. Yeah, but then what do we do with that? Now that you know, what wow. do we do with that? So. That, that's that's huge. Well, uh, yeah. No, it's what we do with it. You know, it's what what uh, what uh, what I'm doing with all. I got these books here. By the way, I, I hope you don't mind. I can't wait. Uh, if I would have brought my library, I would have needed a U-Haul. Yeah. Okay. And I, I del- I've been to your house and I've seen it. So. <laughs> well, I, I here's the things. You know, 
I learned, uh, I've been with the the mentor, a business mentor that I have today. I've been uh, with him for 27 years. We've been all different parts of the world together. I've been able to travel with him. I've learned from him. Uh, I have a a schedule of so many days that I talk to my mentor. And by the way, uh, to me, and again, this is a very important part of what we're talking about here this morning, that uh, one of the, the greatest needs I see in America, if not the world, is that the average man out there, has no mentor. And that's why valor mentoring mm. has become so precious to me. It's, it's an answer to my prayers. And, and the leadership through Tim Davis, who is the CEO of this organization, yeah. is, is a man that I, I very much respect uh, because uh, he walks the walk because of the talk he talks, but he walks the walk. Mm. And when a man talks the talk, but he walks the walk and they line up, I'm good to go. Yeah. You take me in the battle because if I go into battle, so help me God, live or die, you, I will come back home somehow, some way. And you'll trust him to go to hell and he'll get you back. You know, I, it's a little kind of far reaching there, but, but I, nonetheless, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And so, um, wow, uh, never intended to go quite that far, but uh, I have a saying. I don't know if this is the part because, okay. I got born, I got saved. I, oh, oh, yeah, I know what it is. You're I know what it is. 23 when you get saved? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I forgot that, man. Forgive me. I'm, no, no, no. <laughs> you, you mentioned it a little no, bit. I just want to. No, I, 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 it soon would have come to me. It would have come to me either now or after I was done, then I could kick myself around a no, little no, bit. No, 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 no. But, but anyway, um, yeah, uh, long story short, I asked her to marry me, and uh, she was leaving the next day. She's going to Chicago. She didn't want to She didn't want to follow her, her degree and teach. She said, I don't want to teach. I and she says, what am I going to do with my degree? And, and so her uh, friend, that one of her uh, roommates, a gal, a gal that graduated at the same time, she applied to, to United Airlines and got accepted to become a flight attendant. And she says, well, well, just copy. If you want something to do, just copy my, off of my application here and send it and see what happens. Well, she did that with American and United. She was accepted by both and uh, found out that the flight school or flight attendant school was harder than four years of college. Wow. And she was based and stationed in Chicago. So now my... And then I asked her, and she said yes. Uh, then she left, and we were separated by 2,000 miles. So we got to really know each other over the phone. And when I would t- get a flight that would pass through Chicago, I would have, have a little bit of time with her. Or she got a flight to uh, SeaTac or Portland, we'd have a little bit of time you know, together. But that's, that was it. And here we are engaged. By the way, she never told her family I don't think hardly anything about me. She's been dating another guy for seven years. A very nice, you know, person. But he's down in Texas, and that's why she wouldn't date me. I found out why she wouldn't. I said, "She says, well, I got a, I got have a boyfriend. Got a boyfriend." I said, "Oh, okay. So where's he? He's down in Texas." I says, "So what's up with this? What's up with us here? We're we're a long ways away." It told me she's loyal. She's decent. Wow, that impressed me, man. Yeah. And then uh, I, I, I said, I asked her out for Cokes, I asked her for, for lunch. Nope, she wouldn't do it. But uh, she said yes. Now think about that. So she, she goes home and I put a wedding ring, I put an engagement ring on her, this huge diamond. I think it was one quarter of a carat. <laughs> you, you, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of a good sized magnet glass. Yeah, exactly. And I was so proud of that, man. I was so proud of it, I, I made payments on it. I paid $167 for that that set of rings, you know? Yeah. The, I went to the nearest jewelers I could find because, you know, I don't want her to change her mind. Okay? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? But anyway, we got to know each other over the phone. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, we, we got married and we've been together for uh, 59 years, actually 60 years because I, 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 I can't say I courted her for nine months uh, before she said she would marry me. Um, oh, by the way, she went home and she's wearing this ring and her aunt says, well, you finally got the guy to pop the big question. You got a ring. It's about time. And her mom says, yeah, it's about time, Sharon. And then she looked at him and says, uh, well, uh, <laughs> yeah, I got the ring. Different guy. But it's a different guy. And they, they about fainted, <laughs> according to the story that Sharon told me. About fainted. What have you gone and done? And uh, what she's gone and done is she is engaged to me. The most fortunate. I'm not lucky. I don't believe in luck. Mm-hmm. You know what? You're a winner. Winners make their own luck. They don't need a bunch of luck. Come on. You'll make your own luck. Now, you need a few pats on the back once in a while, attaboys, yeah. just to encourage you, you know, but but we don't need the luck. We'll make our own luck. I think luck is uh, just a matter of just showing up. Got it. Period. Bingo. Period. 
Bingo. The show up. God calls to show up. Yeah. You know, and he, he does the rest. He, he Better he does if we let him. Yeah. yeah. And we come with a positive mental attitude. That's why I want this attitude of gratitude. I got a friend, his name is Seraphin, and I, I love Seraphin. Yeah. He's been down in Mexico. He's got a sugarcane plantation in yeah. Me- Mexico. He was student body president of the university he went to. His dad forced him into becoming a doctor, doctor veterinarian and uh, medicine. And he said, Dad, I don't want to be a veterinarian. He said, well, you will because I'm going to pay for it. And uh, come over to this country, um, went through his naturalization to become an American, just like my mother and my dad did. My dad got that because he was a a soldier, American soldier. My mother went to school in Roseburg to become an American. And so my parents had deep respect and reverence for the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the amendments, and the Declaration of Independence, and just the idea, I'm now an American. Mm -hmm. God bless America. But anyway... um, uh, where was I? I, I? I keep going all over the place that here. That's great. You know, just talking about marriage and yeah. you married her. Um, well, well, then we got in business. I, I got to talk about that. Yeah, talk and about the business. We were, we were sitting around uh, with her family, and I loved. Uh, I, I, I love her, her brother. She's got two very strong brothers. One's yeah. been a, uh, a congressman. He's uh, won, I think, every race he ever went into, and uh, he's got a good uh, political mind and went to Oregon State and graduated. The other brother went to Oregon State and graduated, and he was an accountant, very successful businessman, and loved to do wild things like we used to ride motorcycles for years and years and been all over the country. And she'd ride with me at times, and she'd, she'd always go to sleep, though, because I was riding a big 700-and-some-pound <laughs> road king. It was and a, she'd fall asleep, it was, a, it was a big, big stallion. I, I looked at it as an iron stallion. And, uh, man, I had it all gussied up. It's not what you pay for them. It's what you pay for them after you buy them. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's called safety chrome. And you got to have all this safety chrome. And I had more safety chrome. And, like, I could have gone in. I could have had a store. Every time I'd see something, I'd say, put it on. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? And, anyway, uh, we rode thousands and thousands for nine years, straight years. We did uh, what we call rolling rallies. And we, we traveled all over the United States. With uh, business guys that I, I uh, valued very, very much, still do to this very day. But Sharon would go to sleep, and I, her head would start hitting my back, and you know we'd have the helmets on. And uh, after a while, I, I came home. I said, "Sweetheart, uh, you really shouldn't do that. You shouldn't go to sleep when we're going 60, 70 miles an hour on the back of a you know a horse like this." And and I said, uh, "You know, I said, can I ask you a question? Uh, what's your question, Jack?" She said, "I said, are you bored?" She says, "Yes. My my wife is always honest." I love she that. said, yes. I said, I totally respect that, and I totally appreciate you telling me that because my next question is, are you ready for your own bike? Ooh. That's a big question, man. That's a great question. You know, I got her to jump off a mountain and, and go up a quarter of a mile up on, with a, and then fly around for 50 minutes with a parachute yeah. and then land just like you would have a regular parachute. She said, don't you ask me to do that. This was in New Zealand. She said, there's a pair called parapenning, jumping off of mountains. Yeah. And she said, don't ask me to do that. I said, honey, I would never do that. In fact, I don't think that's a good idea. So anyway, I do it, come back. I'm going up the gondola, hiking up the mountain and where the runway was. There had two runways up there yeah. in New Zealand. It's called a, a high adventure, high risk and all this stuff. And uh, you, you go at your own. You have to sign stuff. You know, we take no responsibility for what might happen. Anyway, I'm coming up there and I get up to the jump spot. And here's my wife over there harnessing up. With this banana parachute, you drag behind you, and then you run, and you jump. And then the air currents, you fall, yes, but the air currents come and sweep you and pull you and pull you and pull you and pull you up into the up into the air till you're a quarter to half a mile up, and then you soar. And there was a huge, great, big, deep lake out there. Her biggest concern that she would land in the lake. And anyway, <clears throat> she... Uh, uh, that's another story, man. I mean, that was an incredible feat that she did, but she did it. Yeah. And we're out having dinner that night with our host in this uh, town in New Zealand, and we're talking, and she fell sound asleep right there in front of everybody. She was so, the adrenaline, she was so, so wiped out from lack of adrenaline that she spent it all on that ride. Yeah. But here's the thing she did it, buddy. That's awesome. She did it. She did it, man. <laughs> I was so proud of her. And, and that's what she's done all our married life. I've never have to be concerned about, you know, I, 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 most of the time I never really even asked her. I would just go ahead and do it and she'd be there with me. Yeah. Time and time and time and time and time again. I'm so, I, gosh, I, I, well, anyway, I, I could spend the rest so, of my so, so life talking about you that. You said, hey, are you, are you ready for your motorcycle? Did she actually get her own? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I got her. I, I started on a, I, you know what I did? This is crazy. 
I took her down to the uh, the Ross Market because they have a big parking lot in the back. So I took her out there on my big road king, and I had her get on my road king. I mean, if it leans, you got to let it go because it's too heavy to stop. I tried stopping, and I snapped the, the tendon right off my muscle, so now I have a Popeye muscle. You know, it just snapped off. Yeah. But anyway, um, that was after rotator cuff surgery. So, the, you know, right arm's not not doing too bad for yeah, what he's doing been good. Through. But anyway, uh, the healing of God. See, here we mm. go. But anyway— um, I said, uh, honey, I don't feel right about you riding the Shadow 600. Not a bad bite, good bite. But uh, you've been on my road, King. You've been on quality. And I said, uh, by the way, when she did that, I said, don't don't shift. Just ride. Steer it. Ride. Give it the gas. Drive it around the parking lot. Come back and stop. Then we'll go the first gear. So we went to the first gear, and I said, honey, you got it. Get this. You got it. You're ready. So she went down and took her test. Passed it the first time through. Amazing. Uh, to me, that I'm... It took me twice. Okay. Because I get, I get too too eager. Like, uh, did I pass codes? that time? They yeah. said, well, tell you when we're done. I said, no, I didn't ask that. I said, did I pass it? I mean, did I pass it? I'll tell you when you're done. I said, no, no, I didn't ask that. I said, did I pass it? They wouldn't tell me until I was undone. And finally said, you didn't. I said, I didn't? What are you trying to work on my humility or something? <laughs> my son just passed it, and here I did. I failed it. Yeah. So I had to come back the next day. And I still asked him, did I pass it? Did I pass it? Uh, I, probably to get rid of me, they probably just passed me yeah, out at all. Go. But I got a lot of experience afterwards. I've ridden thousands of miles mm. and, and, and enjoyed it. And, and I had an accident in one of those times, and but I had to get over that. So it's a mental thing, you know, mm-hmm. you know, because everything is based on an attitude, a state of mind. Everything that we do in life all comes from a state of mind. Yeah. Depending on whatever state of mind you are in is going to have to do everything to do with your decision. Yeah. And so, yeah, we got to do that. And she did that, and so uh, yeah, I'm 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 a best guy, and then and I, I can't keep quiet about it because uh, what God does is always perfect; it's always right, and we're the benefactors of that. Yeah. And so when when like we got married, uh, I went to church with uh, Sharon and her family. After we came back from our honeymoon, we went to Canada to do that. Came back, and I went to church with them because it was just a thing to do. And we're sitting in the back row, which flying me close to the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we're sitting back there, and I'm 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 active duty military now. I'm, Going through more training and more stuff, and and getting ready to do other things, and and here I am married to the most beautiful woman God ever created. She she's a picture of of gorgeousness. She's a picture of raw beauty, inside and outside. She's the whole package. You got that? Yes. She's the whole package. That's my confession, buddy. I get what I confess. It's called auto-suggestion. Auto-suggestion, everybody ought to study it because we do it all the time. Who do we talk to the most? We talk to ourselves oh, the yeah. most. And most of us probably went negative. Well, of course it is yeah. because we, we there's a scripture that says, I found it. It was talking to me. God says, you need this scripture. What's the scripture, God? You know what it said? Watch your tongue. Shut your mouth. Just like and you'll that. stay out of trouble. Huh. Is that that be quick to listen and slow to speak? Is that the James verse? Probably. Okay. Well, this is Proverbs. No, this came oh, out of Proverbs. Proverbs. Okay. Oh, my goodness, yeah. 31 chapters. The last chapter tells you exactly what your wife is. Get that? Get it? Get it? You don't necessarily marry a Proverbs 31 woman. She becomes a Proverbs 31 woman based on your confession and how you see her. Mm-hmm. When I would lay next to her at night, I said, I'm laying next to a Proverbs 31 woman, God's most perfect woman that's ever made. Amen. I'm married to one. And that's what she's become. Mm-hmm. Because we become about what we think about. We spend 70% of our time thinking about us. When I was coaching, the biggest thing I did is not how much I could teach a technique, whether it was football, basketball, or track. It didn't make any difference. Yeah. It was what I, it was 70% of my time was spent, get this, and it worked, was teaching a young person how to believe in themselves because most kids don't believe in themselves. If they do, usually they have an auto whack ego. But we got to get that. Eventually, they'll either get that taken care of yeah. or have lots of problems, yeah. which you learn from. It, so it's not a waste of time at all. Right. But it's believing in yourself. And so I learned that my confession, I went to high school around and say, I'm a winner. I think like a winner. I act like a winner. I walk like a winner. I talk like a winner. I am no doubt about it. Hide in the bushes if you want to. I'm a winner. Hmm. And I say it again. I think like a winner. I act like a winner. I walk like a winner. I talk like a winner. I am a winner. And I said that until, listen, I believed it. You see, there's so many lies going on out there, and people are embracing those lies because they listen to the negative news. There's nothing but negative, negative, negative lies. I'm going to get a little strong here because I was a news addict. You know, just what's the next guy have to say about this? Those, you know, no, no, no more. No more of that. You got to watch the eye gate, the mouth gate, 
the ear gate, what goes in there. If we don't learn to protect that, you're going to wind up just exactly what you wind up as, and you're not going to be happy with it. It's not going to bring joy. I would say, when did you figure this out, Jack? When did you? So I want to hear a little bit about your mentorship with with your mentor, Jack. Yes. Uh, You're more about your business. When did you start learning the mindset of just an attitude of gratitude and and I'm a winner. Oh my goodness! Uh, one of the greatest discoveries my wife and I made is that I, you know, my my both my brother-in-laws were millionaires, and and because they're all in business, they had yeah. a farming business, they had a retail Western business, and and I I had degrees, I had the equivalent of about four or five degrees, and yet I was broke at <laughs> the time, and I couldn't get started. And it's a wonderful story, but it's a true story. I got started in business for thirty-five bucks because I said. And and my brother-in-law said to me, here I am getting, I'm acting out in front of you because I feel this, still do at times. He says, uh, I'm going to put solar panels on my roof. I said, great idea. I'm going to do that too. Big brother thinks it's a good idea. And little brother said, yeah, me too. And, I, and then he said this, I'm going to write him off. I said, yeah, me too. He looked at me and says, no, you're not, Jack. That's big brother, right? I said, what do you mean, no, I'm not? He says, I said, are you? He said, of course I am. I said, so what's up with that? Why can't I do that? And he said this, and it changed my life. Because you don't have a business. Boom. I said, so what's that got to do with what, anything? What age were you right there? I oh, I was uh, 36. Okay. 36 years 36, old. 36. 36. And so on. I went home. I said, man, I'm upset with your brother, Sharon. He's big brother, but I'm upset with that guy. How dare him? Well, anyway, he got me to do something. We found a business. God brought the business to us. Yeah. It was something that was shown to me three times before, but I turned it down. I said, I don't think that's me. Why wasn't it for me? Because I didn't research it. I didn't yeah. explore it. Yeah. And so, therefore, I, 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 but the right person came along. He was, my, he was like my spiritual father. I deeply respected him. Very wealthy man, but he was a great mentor. He was president of this full gospel businessman. I was the vice president. I led the worship and music. But I just, I just learned so much by being around the man. He was a good mentor. But I went to him. I was going to buy his business. I didn't have the money to do it, but he didn't embarrass me. So he said, he invited me over uh, for a meeting. I went over to the meeting with my wife that I didn't think I, I promised I would go. My wife said I did, so you're coming with me. <laughs> you know that story. And I heard a guy that was a high school dropout that became uh, a candidate to become chief master sergeant of the entire United States uh, uh, Air Force. He was stationed in the Pentagon. He had the power to close down uh, Air Force bases. He had that kind of power. And yet someone came along and showed him the same business plan, and he got it, and he took it in five years as a multimillionaire, built, a, built a, an organization all over the world, and, and became very, very wealthy. But he was a great instructor. But listen, he remember, he was going to be ch- was E9, chief master, which means you're the top dog. You're the mm. top guy. You're the, you're the, gen- the four-star general, so to speak, in the enlisted ranks. And he was my mentor for over 12 years. You think I snap to? Most all the time I snap to. You know, type of thing. I said, what's the, what's the hardest thing I'll ever do? You know what he told me? This is at his beautiful home down in Colorado. He says, focus. I said, so what do you mean by focus? He says, the hardest thing you will ever do, Jack, is learn how to focus. And then the, the second hardest thing you'll ever do is to stay focused. Stay focused. Well, yeah, how do you, he says, you just do it. You learn how to do it. You watch your mouth. You watch your mind because whatever's in your mind eventually is going to come out of your mouth, friend, every single time. And once it comes into words, it's, the words are boxes or packages of dynamite. They're full of power. Get this. I get excited about this because this is so real. And when you discover stuff like this, it'll radically, not just change your life, you'll get radically changed, friend. Hmm. It will. And then you get enthusiastic. Because when you get the truth in your mind and nothing but the truth so help you, God. In other words, if you know who you are, then you have the right to learn what your gifts are. Because I think every person that's ever born is given godly gifts. Mm-hmm. I don't know, whatever they may be. They're called skills but gifts. And once you find out who you are, then you find out what your gifts are. And then you can, then you get your purpose and you take those gifts that, that God has given to them. Remember, God has given to you. Yeah. All right. And so you do this appropriately with your relationship and belief in the Lord Jesus Christ, God the Father, and God the Holy Spirit, and God the Son. All right. Yeah. That all works together. Yeah. And so, which, what you do is that you get a purpose, and the purpose is what drives you in life. That's, that's what gives you, you know, the, whatever that is, the doctor, a Dog catcher, I don't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. Once you get your purpose, 
Then you can apply those gifts because those gifts are to help you accomplish your purpose. And then once you have your purpose, then you do all the things, and there's lots of things that go into that in developing that purpose because you got to know what it is. Yeah. And you got to dedicate yourself. It's called the persistence. That, no, it's page 117, Lots of Success, and it's in the, in the chapter on accurate thinking. One of the most important things in my life is to have accurate thinking, good judgment. God says in his word, get truth. Mm. Get it. Don't You say it, yes, but get it. Secondly, get wisdom. Thirdly, get discipline. Fourthly, get good judgment. That's accurate thinking. And when your thinking is accurate, you can make right choices and right decisions because leaders are quick decision makers. And you may say, well, how do you know you make the right decision? You make it the right decision, and then you stick with it. And then, yes, you're going to tweak it. What decision is ever perfect? There isn't any such thing as perfect. Because we're not perfect. So how can we do something perfect if we're not perfect? All right? So we learn from our failures because that's the only place where you learn anyway. That's right. And so, wow, I was going in a direction there I got pretty excited about. I love it. Uh, you know, I just, uh, if I can get you to believe in Buddy, if I can get Buddy to realize that Buddy's got special talents, mm. if I can get if I can get Buddy to believe that God's given him those special talents, Buddy will start to believe in himself. Mm. Buddy will start thinking, I am a winner because I think like a winner. Yeah. I talk like a winner. I act like a winner. I even walk like a li- like a winner. Yeah. I am a winner for the cause and the glory of Almighty God that I serve. He owns everything. He owns my mind. You know, this little book here is called The Common Denominator of Success. I, I encourage everyone, well, first of all, get your Bible. Read your Bible. Read it every single day. That's the first question I ask when I lead someone to Christ. Where's Jesus. And if they answer, he's in my heart, bingo. Yeah. Now, do you have a Bible? No, I'm going to get you a Bible. And I go get him a Bible. And then I help him get started reading that Bible and read the, 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 the scriptures that will help them grow as a beginner. Yeah. We all start as beginners. But this, this is this on page, uh, you got to get this. Uh, is any resolution or decision you make today has to be made again tomorrow. Now we're now we we could get into the act. Uh, get into uh, auto suggestion now because it's so important. Because what we rehearse in our mind is what we will do. All right. It says this. Get this. Here's the answer. Any resolution or decision you make is simply a promise to yourself, which isn't worth anything unless you have formed the habit of making it and keeping it, and you won't form the idea of making it uh, and keeping it unless right at the start you think you link it with a definite purpose, definite, it's called DMP, definite major purpose, that can be accomplished by keeping it. In other words, any resolution or decision you make today has to be made again tomorrow and the next day and the next and the next and the next and so on. And get this, get this. Don't miss this, buddy. And it not only has to be made each day, but it has to be kept each day. And here's the miracle. Here it comes. Oh, I love this. For if you miss one day in the making or keeping of it, you've got to go back and begin all over again. But if you continue the process of making it each morning and keeping it each day, here it comes. You will finally wake up some morning, a different man in a different world, and you will wonder what has happened to you and the world you used to live in. Then one day. Hmm. Wow, that's powerful. Uh, before I forget, uh, you know, I, I I went to church with them, and I'm sitting there with the family, and. Uh, this this person was an evangelist. I didn't quite know what evangelist matter was. I just thought he was, you know, talked about the Bible. And he gave it, he started talking about hellfire and brimstone. I'm sitting there thinking about it. Huh. Yeah. Well, that's a place I certainly don't want to go. Talking about hell. Pay attention, you know? right? And uh, don't be telling me that there's no such thing as hell. We could talk about that for a while, couldn't we? Yes, we could. There is a heaven, though, to gain. But anyway, obviously— and so he gives this this altar call, and I'm looking at my wife, Sharon. I said, like, Sharon, did you hear what that guy said? And I'm by this time, I, I don't know what happened, but I'm shaking like a leaf. I don't shake. We don't do fear. We just don't do it, man. But I'm just sitting there just quivering. I'm thinking, what? Am I, am I sick or something or something? I'm going to, you know. And I said to my wife, I says, 
we need to go up there and, and do what that guy said. The, the pastor said, and she said, she looked at me and says, well, Jack, if you need to go, you should go. I said, and my question went, you're not coming with me? Are you kidding me? You heard the same thing I heard. And she said, Jack, if you need to go, you need to go. Now, here's the test. Do I sit with her, with my wife, or do I go? You go. No, no, I go, buddy. I said, well, honey, I'm going to go. We'll talk about this after I come back. <laughs> so I went down, didn't know what to do. I got down there and I knelt at the pew there. Unfortunately, her, her cousin came over and led me in the sinner's prayer and got me to Christ. And, and that's how I got born again. And he's been my Lord and Savior and Master. He's been my teacher. He's my, he's my very, very, very best friend. Mm. Uh, I love him with all my heart. I contribute anything that we've ever done that's, been, that's worth anything. I attribute it to God, God my Father. And yeah. so we didn't even get into the father fracture, but you there know, we go. Uh, We'll do this podcast again, but I do want to wrap up with just some thoughts. Um, Jack, you, you have a fierce faith. No, I've I watched do. you. I, uh, I see you and Sharon at different events. You show up at Bible study every week if you're in town. Rain or shine, doesn't matter. Yep. Um, I just want you to end on, you know, this whole Valor mentoring. You know, what does mentoring mean to you? I know you had a mentor. You, you still have a mentor, the same mentor oh, yes. for 27 years. Yes, sir. Uh, funny enough, he has the same name you have. Yes, sir. Uh, wrap up on the idea of what does mentorship mean to you and why Why do men need it? I need it because I need to be around successful men that love God, truly love God, are dedicated to God, and would do or die for God. It's called, it's called invincible determination. That's page 114, by the way, accurate thought. And then page one, I'm not trying to impress you now. Come on. Yeah. I'm telling you some stuff. Because you got the same book I have because sure. I gave it to you. That's right. All right, page 114 all the way to through 117, read 118, just to put a finish on it. The determination that knows, the persistence that knows no defeat. Because why? It's invincible determination. I'm determined to find men that love God and w they walk the, t the talk that they talk. And, they, and you see, you learn more from watching somebody mm -hmm. than you do listening to them. Mm. I'll learn more from watching Buddy Puckett than I will ever learn, even though Buddy Puckett will tell me only that which is good and proper and appropriate. You will, because that's who you are. Hmm. You are who you are. He said, your reputation is what other people think of you, but your character is who's, who you are, hmm. and I'm going to watch to see what you're I'm not going to judge it. I don't do that. Right. I don't want people, you know, give me critical, give me constructive. The highest level of, of correction is self-correction. I don't need somebody around me always correcting. My dad did that. My mentor's done that in the beginning. But the highest level of correction is self-correction, doing it appropriately. Mm -hmm. And so Valor Mentoring has provided those kind of men for me. I, 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 I love every single one of these guys. I mean, I don't go around telling them I do that, but I just do. You know what I love about them? Hmm. It's not just a person. It's their, their consistency. It's their consistency in their walk with Jesus. Jesus is first in their life. Yeah. And we don't joke about it. We don't mess with that. We walk that. We're serious about that. And don't you dare try to tell, take that away. I told this guy who just brought him to Christ in a coffee shop, people walking all around us. I said, don't you ever let anybody ever tell you you don't have the son of the living God, Yeshua Jesus, our soon coming Messiah, mm. our Lord and our Savior the miracle worker, the God that I will follow every day God gives me. Yeah. And I'm going to follow him right into, right into wherever he is because I want to be wherever he is. So I said, so don't let anybody tell you you don't have Jesus because you do this very day. This is your new birthday, whatever date that is. But I don't know if I answered your question the way you wanted, but— No, it's— well, Jack uh, Valermentary. I love Valermentary because of people like you, yeah. people like Tim Davis— People like Sven Anderson. I could here you start dropping names. You got to got to drop everybody. But but you know you know what I'm saying. I do. And here I'm sitting across. Like, here I'm talking to you. What in the world? You ought to be talking to me. No, I'm okay? listening, Jack. Because I can learn from you, Betty. I can learn so much. I can learn by just watching you, watching how you treat your wife, how you treat your kids, how you treat your fellow man, how you treat myself, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So anyway, I'm gonna I'll wrap up this way, and then I'll give you just a moment to. See if there's anything else on your heart or mind. But a year ago, probably more than a year ago, mm -hmm. eh, 
you and I decided we're going to have coffee. I didn't know you well. Mm-hmm. And I, on my way to visit you at a coffee shop out in Kaiser, I was praying like, Lord, what can I learn from a guy like Jack? I, I love learning from older men that's been down the road, still married to the same lady, loves Jesus. What can I learn from, from Jack? And so as I was praying there, one of my favorite verses is in First Peter chapter 2. It says, uh, honor all men, fear the Lord, honor the king. So the word honor was really, there's more to that verse than that, but honor. And when I was meeting with you that morning, you said, hey, buddy, you know what precedes honor? Is humility. Oh, yeah. And so that day I walked away from that. I tell that story a lot, but God loves humility. He loves humility. Yes. I'm, I'm nothing without him. There's no pretentiousness. It's just, here I am. That's all I got. So that's what you've meant to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you show up every week uh, with the fierceness of studying scripture, loving God, seeking him, loving your wife, and you're not pretending. Yeah, you like to have fun. You have a lot of energy, great energy, but you're also very serious about it. So mm-hmm. give us this here, wrap up in the next couple moments. Uh, anything that we didn't cover, and maybe this is going to lead into another podcast. I'm pretty sure it will. But what else is left on your heart, Jackie? You just love to share is maybe something we didn't get a chance to talk about. Oh, man. Uh, you know, see, that's what, that's what I love about Buddy Puckett. Buddy Puckett's a good student, hmm. and that's the reason Buddy Puckett's a good mentor. Good mentors are always students of success and successful people. But you just said a, what I call a bingo, a bullseye. One of the greatest secrets I ever learned, I'm 36 years old, one of the greatest secrets in life, if you really want life to count and you want to be, you want to leave your mark, so to speak, that is, see here, we don't, we don't look for people to serve us, we look for people to serve. We are servants. God said, to be the greatest in the kingdom of God, learn to be the greatest servant of all. Hmm. Okay? We don't need the attaboys, but we sure enjoy them, but we don't need them. We'll go through no matter what. The hardest day of our life, we'll still, we'll still pursue. Hmm. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this. It says, and this to me, this yeah. is Valor Mentoring. Yeah. Here we go. Every day, here's my confession, every day, in every way, with God's help, before is just every day, but in every way, now that I belong to him, every day, in every way, with God's help, I'm getting better and better. I'm getting healthier and healthier. I'm getting wiser and wiser. I'm becoming more sensitive to the needs of my wife and my fellow man. Mm. Every day and every way with God's help, I am getting better and better. That's my confession. And I will do everything I can to know whatever I can do to guard the most, one of the most important gifts you'll ever be given besides the power of your imagination, which is a gift from God. That's another wonderful place to go. It's that we, we're the only thing, I don't own anything, man. You think you own your car, you, you know, you're, you, you own your own mortgage, you, you do, you, no, you don't own it. I don't own it. I don't know about you, but I don't own anything except the mind my dear father in heaven gave me. Mm. He gave me that. Yeah. Mm. It's the best piece of real estate you own. Oh my goodness, yes. It, the mind that God gave us. But Well, Jack, it's been a privilege, a blessing I love, I'm glad that you uh, you brought your passion to the table. If people can only see what I see and know what I know. friends too. Yeah. Well, I'd love to do this maybe again sometime in the next uh, six months or so, just to do a part two. But, well, thank you for that. Uh, Jack, if somebody want to reach out to you just to hear more, how would they get a hold of you? Uh, <clears throat> well, maybe talk to Buddy. He can find me. <laughs> okay, yeah, sorry. okay. If you need to get a hold of Jack, just- 503 503- uh, 910-0050. Uh, there it is. I'm more than happy to talk. Yeah. And Jack's the kind of guy he would talk with. You. He's He's been down the road. He's, you know, like you said, he learns more from failure than success. Oh, so, yes. um, And I agree with that. But, well, hey, we just want to say thanks to everybody who's listened this week. This is a great podcast. We'd love to have you share, you know, and share what it meant to you. And uh, we appreciate you. And uh, we'll just look forward to seeing you next week. So thanks so much.